0: Ladies and gentlemen! Are you ready for your moment of bliss? Because what, Poppy wants? Poppy's dead. Yowie wowie! I don't even know if that's PG! (laughs) Acknowledge me! Woo! must-see WWE talk show in history, welcome to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling pod, pod, Podcast. The Cream of the Crop. it, does it better. It's still real to me, damn it. Hello and welcome to The Bottom Line, a wrestling review of WWE Monday Night Raw, January 9th, 2023. If you're listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. The podcast where Rob and I play out every show with action figures afterwards. We are the hype bros of the program. I'm Patrick.
1: And I'm Rob, and we'd like you to embrace the kingdom of the madness by be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Pat, we had like the equivalent of like an Iron Man
0: tag match here to end the show. Oh, man. we had It was like a mini tag team rumble, it seemed like. Man. 50 minutes. It was it was a,
1: you know what, I was surprised, we'll get to it a little later, I was surprised how much the crowd was into it by the end, but credit to the Street Profits on that one, man. But we'll talk about that later.
0: Well, we'll definitely get there. If you could give us one word to describe the show, what would you give us?
1: Holding pattern?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we only have three weeks till the Royal Rumble.
1: This felt like an episode where, so there's a national championship game on, and as much as I'm very much like who cares about what else is going on the TV and who cares about this and that, make every episode count, this episode definitely felt like they were like, all right, we just need to get through this week, and then we'll be good next week. But next week starts the NFL playoffs too, so it doesn't really make sense. So just make all your shows amazing. Just just keep trucking through. So this one just kind of felt more very ho-hum.
0: Well, with only three weeks until the Royal Rumble, Monday Night Raw started with Kevin Owens trying to talk about his upcoming championship match. But he was interrupted by JBL, who introduced the only person who pinned Roman Reigns in the last three years, Baron Corbin. But Corbin came out happy as ever, and we had a frustrating promo from Corbin and JBL with K- KO showing how he felt with his face planted into the turnbuckle during all of it. This led to KO challenging Corbin, leading to our first match, which was Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin. I'm relieved JBL was not on commentary, but he was parachuting around the ring during the match this was a decent match with Kevin Owens winning after the stunner for the pinfall but more importantly after the match the Usos and Sola Sokoa came out from uh, they came through the crowd but Kevin Owens was able to fight all of them off with a little help to a steel chair what are your thoughts about all this Rob promo
1: wise dude Kevin Owens just slamming his head not really slamming his head but just like putting his head in the turnbuckle like That literally was, like, I've I've felt that before. Just, oh, my gosh, are you really still talking right now? Is this going on? Like, that kind of thing. Uh, So much cheap heat from JBL and so much cheap heat from Baron Corbin. Like, this is, like, the most 80s bad guy wrestling promos of all time. And this is where I'm actually going to credit. JBL was always a good talker. I, I know some of the stuff he says is really annoying, but I think he's a really good talker. And you can really tell because right after him, when Baron Corbin talks, you're like, you are not as good. You uh, don't carry the <laughs> the confidence in the crowd as well as uh, JBL does. So Kevin Owens, though, he, dude, the crowd was eating out of the palm of his hands. They love him down there in Birmingham, Alabama. They love him everywhere. Uh, match-wise, it was almost like a glorified squash match. Like, Corbin got his stuff in. You know, he got the, the deep six with the, uh, the the close pinfall there. But otherwise, like, it was a pretty quick match. Cannonball. Owens gave a little suck it to to JBL there. And then the stunner kind of came out of nowhere for the quick one, two, three. Usos came out again. And I loved seeing Owens being able to fend him off. Like I I glad no one else came out and helped him out. It really like they're trying to show that Owens can take on the bloodline on his own. They're making him try to come across as this huge badass, and he's doing an amazing job at that. So kudos to the whole entire booking squad on that front. Then this is where things got weird for me. Adam Pierce has to be, without a doubt, the most unrespected and worst commissioner we have seen in a long time. For three weeks now, he has told the Bloodline to stop coming to Raw, and they still come to Raw. And then as we find out later, their punishment, which generally is nothing is just a one-match punishment. So since you're here, we're going to let you wrestle on TV, and your punishment is you get to wrestle Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> That's what Solo's going to And so, like, every single week, man, they come to Raw, and Adam Pearce gets mad, and then he puts him in matches, and then they win the matches, and it does nothing to just give him any sort of credibility as a commissioner whatsoever. So the bloodline can keep coming to Raw over and over and over again, uh, Adam Pearce is not going
0: to do anything about oh, it. Oh, you know what? He did something about it this week, and you know what he did differently this week about it. Please enlighten me. Now he's structured the tag team tor- turmoil match for the Raw tag team championships. I mean that part's understandable, but it's still so. I think that's what it. Th- at all, I think that's what ties into it. You know what I mean? I mean that
1: could all, th- that's fair. I hope it all does tie into it. I'm with you on that one, but like, dude. Be a commissioner. Put the hammer down. Do something. And I understand you're trying to get the bloodline is above rules, above laws, but I have more to complain about this a little bit later. So, but Adam Pierce, man, get it together. Get it together.
0: Well, moving on, the commentary tried giving us an update on Bianca Belair saying she has multiple stitches, but she'll be back in no time. Uh, The announcers were actually interrupted by Alexa Bliss standing on top of the announcer's desk. Grabbing a microphone and telling everyone that she busted Bianca's face. And Bianca decided to run and hide, but she knows she doesn't have to be afraid of Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy. She's afraid of Alexa. Because Alexa is the new face of evil. She was interrupted by a video of a playground. Then Uncle Howdy's music started playing with images of Alexa Bliss. Then Uncle Howdy himself walked out on stage. What are your thoughts about all this, Rob?
1: I like the storyline because actually Bray and Alexa kind of have similar storylines on what's going on. Where so because How, Howdy asked her, like, do you feel uh, do you feel in charge? And it's like both of them are trying to be like, I'm my own person. I'm handling things my way. But yet, it's like Uncle Howdy knows he's the one that's going to control these people by the end of it. And he's just like trying to slowly let them come to that realization. And he's just showing them more and more every single week. Like this week, it was more videos of Uncle Howdy as opposed to just still images. And then all of a sudden, he's actually there, but he doesn't do anything. As opposed to uh, last week on SmackDown where he was there and he hurt Bray. So I'm very curious what happens next week. Are we going to see the actual physical uh, altercation between Alexa and Howdy? Or how is it going to happen when they actually get near each other? So uh, the storyline's progressing nicely. It's going at a good pace, at least for me, I would say. And I love the correlation between Bray and Alexa are playing it exactly the same way as Uncle Howdy being a figure above them that they're just trying to say that we're above you we're not letting you control us and uncle howdy is just like laughing about it and i love it
0: hey what this surprised me i didn't expect to see progression this far uh i expected this kind of progression at the rumble so uncle howdy walking out and just kind of confirming like hey this like, like we already knew bray wyatt and uncle howdy were playing into this alexa bliss change of character and now we have a confirmation here of Uncle Howdy, actually. Maybe he's the one pulling the strings now. Well, our next matchup was Bailey versus Meechin. She's officially Meechin now. Damage control was at ringside at first, but Bailey cut a promo right before the match, dec- dedicating the match to Becky Lynch and giving damage control the night off. This was a good match that was pretty even throughout, with Bailey winning with a backslide pin and her putting her feet on the ropes for the win. What are your thoughts about all this, Rob?
1: Solid little match here. Uh, everyone's doing their honestly, playing the best part that they should be playing. Nia is a wonderful, just kind of lower to mid card babyface who's gonna always kind of be a jobber, but give a good match to the upper <sighs> echelon stars like a Bailey, like an EO Sky, like a uh, Bianca Bailey, who, uh, Becky Lynch, whoever, whoever, Rhea Ripley. Uh, so everything about it was just a fine match. Everyone, There was nothing offensive about it. It was just a match on the show to make Bailey look strong as she's going into the Rumble because she is, I would say, a top six contender to win the Rumble. And the next few weeks, all we're trying to do is get our Rumble contenders looking strong going into it so you kind of have a good idea of who the five or six women or men are that are going to win the match. And so
0: it did exactly what it was supposed to do. I enjoyed it. Moving forward, we learned that Johnny Gargano is injured with a shoulder sprain. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. We'll probably expect to see him back around Royal Rumble. And Candace LeRae was being interviewed, and uh, she was interrupted by Rhea Ripley setting up a match for later tonight. The next, we got a promo from Austin Theory in the ring saying, The champ is here. Seth Rollins came out on crutches saying he'll be 100% just in time for the Royal Rumble. Both made claims to winning the Royal Rumble match and Rollins left the ring, leaving his crutch with theory. And that's when Bobby Lashley came down the ramp and he passed up Rollins. Rollins made his way to the back. Theory tried to tell Bobby Lashley not to get in the ring, but Bobby got into the ring and speared theory. And then Bobby caught a promo saying it doesn't matter who's in the Royal Rumble match because he's back and he can't wait to manhandle everybody. what are your thoughts about all this rob uh
1: again bobby lashley not the greatest of promos this is why he needs guys like mvp in his corner (laughs) but from that promo wise everything was fine here so i i will say this is why i enjoy theory having more backstage promos right now because the crowd is chanting what at him and he's still getting a little thrown off when the crowd is not as cooperative like he can get thrown off from things like that still but granted I think he's still what 25 years old something like that like the dude is still a child you know or as i say kid right now uh (laughs) so give him give him time he is doing an amazing job right now it's still that over arrogant good-looking pompous attitude like he's coming across as like the kid who was like the most popular football player in high school and then you know six seven years out of high school he still thinks he's the king of the world and everyone's like, "Dude, you're just a guy now." Like, <laughs> so that's the kind of attitude that he has. Uh him and Rollins, I hope the feud is over. I don't really know why they're still going like He Rollins lost the title. Theory has beat him again with the rematch like, "Let's just move on. Like it's okay. Like let's let's find a new challenger. Find something out of this."
0: Looks like Roll- they are moving on. Looks like it's going to be Bobby Lashley.
1: Let's move on from both of them, then. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm... And he beat Ziggler. I think, yeah, because he's beat Ziggler, too, already as well, right? Yeah, so let's just move on. Let's just get some new challenges out there for him. Someone different. Uh, So, but I, I think it was just to showcase, kind of, again, <clears throat> we're talking about the Rumble. Kind of like, again, with the women. We're talking about the Rumble here, where the number one job is to Get your bigger stars out there talking about the Royal Rumble, talking about how they're gonna enter it, and talking about how they're going to be the ones to win it, and you're trying to get them as credible as possible. So you get that in your grain like in your brain, sorry, ingrained in your brain that oh, this guy could win. Oh, this guy could win. Now here is my one complaint. Theory is talking about now I can win the Rumble and I can be the one to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Dude, you had a golden ticket that you could have cashed in at any minute to beat Roman Reigns.
0: Please enlighten me. I think that's why you can expect him not to win the Rumble, Rob.
1: <laughs> Man, like, like I, so we were one of the few podcasts that was okay with the booking of him cashing in for the United States title. A lot of people just made fun of him and thought it was a terrible booking decision. I liked it. I thought it made the U.S. title bigger and it also made Theory, who's not credible enough to be a champion at, a way to get that off of him without having to take the loss. But then you turn around and do something like this, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have enough stars to fill out a Royal Rumble. Just have Theory in a United States title match at the Rumble, and it's okay. Then he's all of a sudden not having to lose the Rumble. To me, it just doesn't make sense. He had the golden ticket. He gave it up for United States title, and now he's talking about doing this to when he could have done that all along. And it just – its that one baffles me. It really does. But booking aside, these promos were great. It's setting up the Rumble. Lashley's return came to a huge pop. Rollins is the biggest baby face right now they have on Raw, so all of that – was awesome to see those three stars in the ring together. So, despite the booking, great promo
0: segment. Well, next up Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae and Rhea won after slamming Candice into the barricade during the match and hitting the Riptide for the pin. It was a good quick uh squash match here for Rhea Ripley. A little sad to see the Poison Pixie lose here, Rob. What do you think about this?
1: I think she'll have her time a little bit later. Right now is not the time for her. Uh, she's, I mean, you know how I feel about Rhea. I think she's our Rumble winner. I think she is the 20, she's been a MVP of Raw the last six months, and I think she'll be the the Raw Women's MVP of 2023. So everyone on that roster, get on board, because your entire job is to, Rhea doesn't need you to help her make good. She can do everything on herself. She's proved that. But your job as a Women's Raw, roster member right now is bow down to the future queen of who is Rhea Ripley. Uh, the only thing I just didn't like about this is the crowd was not into this. I thought they did a re- I thought they had a really fun match. I thought they'd had some fun spots there. I loved the uh, submission spot where she threw her into the, uh, the barricade there before the ending. And I, I, I thought a lot of this stuff was really innovative and fun and the crowd just, uh just wasn't feeling it. So I at home enjoyed it, Rhea. And I at home enjoyed it, Candice. So you can have that taken with you.
0: Yeah, it was a decent little match. It was a squash match, but uh, Candace kind of battled back, and it it's when she took it to the outside is when it, that, well, that was the mistake, because Rhea just took advantage of that and got overly aggressive, throwing her into the barricade and then slamming her into the barricade. Well, next we see Byron Saxton trying to interview Bobby Lashley, but MVP excused Saxton out of the locker room, and this is when we learned MVP was the one. Who got Bobby back on Raw? And he's trying to mend fences so Bobby can handle his business. But if he wants to expand that business, MVP's number is the same. What do you think about the Hurt business getting back together, Rob? I am so excited for it now. I know
1: it. I don't know if they want to do it as a heel or face faction. I think they work better as a heel faction. So you got to make Bobby heel again because he got a massive baby face pop. So we'll kind of see how that works out. But they. Uh, we're, we're gonna blame Vince because Vince is the one that did it, but we're gonna—they gave up on that way too quickly. They were so good, and it just ended for no absolute reason whatsoever. So, and as we said earlier, due to—I mean, you all heard that Bobby promo. He needs an MVP in his <laughs> corner, man. Like, like I love Bobby, but Bobby is just not a, a great promo. So MVP, man, he, he can talk with the best of them. So I, I, I like how they're doing this, where it's not an immediate—we're getting back together. But Bobby's like, "No, no, like I got some stuff to do right now. um we're cool, we're not cool, cool, but we're cool, and it's just one of those things that like, all right, we'll put it on a back burner for now, and when the time's right, it's gonna be awesome uh so and he's talking about too like i and i love the I love the way too that they always do a lot of play on words in their promos, you know he talks about you know whenever you want to expand your business, you know you know you know where to come to, and speaking of expanding the business. We would love you all to help us expand our business and the way you can do that is be sure to like share and subscribe all of our content that we have here on youtube you could find us on spotify you can find us on many other podcast platforms and then also social medias as well so facebook twitter instagram and TikTok. uh best place to find is find those is in the links down below just give a click on there uh be sure to like it be sure to share it and be sure to subscribe it uh I think a great resolution that we should have all for 2023 is getting 10 of our friends to listen to Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. So, if we can all have that same resolution goal, we can really make this uh, this business expand just as much as the Hurt Business.
0: Well, after another Cody Rhodes promo video, we saw Dolph Ziggler doing an interview. Ziggler was interrupted by Mustafa Ali, and we learned Ziggler turned down the tag team turmoil match with ollie to face solo sokoa a little interesting character development about Dolph ziggler here wanting to kind of always have these matches with against the young talent here rob
1: yeah i'm not really sure exactly character wise what he's going for here i mean i can see what they're doing for raw i mean it makes complete sense on that factor where you just i mean ziggler is in his early 40s he's a great great worker and he can get beat all the time, and no one cares anymore. So he's a, it's a, he's a good person for younger talent to work within the ring and put them over. As for the Mustafa, uh, Mustafa Ali stuff, man, that dude is. I love his in-ring work, but the character they're giving him is like just this annoying little piss ant that just won't go away. So I'm really, I'm not quite sure what they're going for on this yet. So I'm I'm okay waiting and seeing, but dude, he shows up on my screen, and I just, I just get annoyed. Like, I do. Like, I really do.
0: Well, next, we get an interview with Bronson Reed, and we see Miz trying to invite Bronson Reed to Miz TV. But Reed tells Miz, there is no us, and if you want something, pay me. What do you think about them not putting Bronson and the Miz together, Rob? Thank God, man. Like... Bronson Reed,
1: I don't know what his healing's going to be. You can, you know, we all have our opinions on that. But he is a new monster heel, and he doesn't need someone like The Miz to talk for him. The Miz, we all love The Miz. We're big Miz advocates, but The Miz can come across as a joke sometimes. And so give Bronson Reed his own thing. Like, let him do some squash matches, but then let him have some better matches. And just let him be a new monster heel that you can push who doesn't need a mouthpiece or he doesn't need someone that he's a lackey for. Just let him be his own man. Loved it.
0: Well, next is our next match, Solo-Sakoa versus Dolph Ziggler. And this was a dominant showing for Solo with Dolph Ziggler being overpowered throughout the match. Solo won hitting the Samoan Spike for the pin. But after the match, the Usos showed up to celebrate with Solo. And this is after being told by Adam Pearce that they should take the rest of the night off. What do you think about this, Rob?
1: Match-wise, it was fine. Uh, kind of what we talked about, where Ziggler is just out there to make younger talent look good that he can put over, and that's what he did. Solo looked super strong. Loved the uh the Samoan spike as always on that one, especially like the uh the pop-up spike for this one. But yeah, Adam Pierce, bro, you are genuinely, you have no power over what's going on up there, and I have an even bigger complaint later, but. The Usos coming out once again after being told don't come out there.
0: So man, get run a tighter ship. All right, do something, please. Well, next Bailey was interviewed, but she was interrupted by Mia Yim, who then was jumped by Damage Control. Got any words about this, Rob? I I do not. <laughs> I have no words about this. <laughs> Mia Yim's being put in a spot to where since there's no AJ Styles. And the OCs are gonna the big LG and Carl Anderson are gonna be a job tag team, it looks like. So, I mean, that kinda leaves me a yim out in the wind, does it not? Or Meechin, I should say, I'm sorry.
1: Meechin, yeah. It puts her in the role that she was gonna be in. She's just there to get beat up by heels right now. And that's I, I She's not someone that I'm really concerned with at all. Like damage control, everyone in there, except for Dakota Kai is a bigger star than she is. And so, yeah, there's just nothing about it that
0: I'm like, Oh no, not me, chin. (laughs) Well, next was Ms. TV with the judgment day coming out and Dominic Mysterio looking like vintage Conan. And he tells us about his hard times in jail and how he knows how Martha Stewart feels. And priest said they're coming for the tag team titles. And this all ties into the tag team turmoil match because the winner gets a chance at the raw tag team championship. What do you have to say about Ms. TV, Rob?
1: This was fun. I generally hate Ms. TV because it's, I I think talk shows on wrestling are always just so silly and over the top. But Dominic was so good here. He had so many fun fun lines like "snitches get stitches." And I, when he said, "Now I know how Martha Stewart feels," and the Miz like goes, "I had sources that say you were only in county jail for like a few hours," and then all of the Judgment Day just got up in Miz's face, being like, "You don't know what you're talking about." Like Miz backing off. It was so cheesy, but just so well done. It was it was it was great. So. Uh, yeah, Dominic, everything bad I've ever said about you before, like you in these last three to four months have been just a real MVP of this show for entertainment purposes. As a wrestler, you got a lot of ways to go, but entertainment purposes, dude, you're, you're making me smile every time you're on the screen.
0: Oh, this was the funniest thing I've seen on Monday night in a while since they started the thing with Dominic Mysterio going to jail. But let's start the main event, which is the tag team turmoil match, Rob. Because first up was the OC versus the Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Judgment Day eliminate the OC with Finn Balor rolling up Carl Anderson. I think there's some interference from Dominic Mysterio. This led to the second entrance, which was Judgment Day versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Cedric came out hot, but Judgment Day... Advance after Priest hit the chokeslam and Balor hits the coup de grace for the pin. And then that led to the Alpha Academy coming out. We got to see Otis use the Caterpillar, but later hit a splash on both Balor and Gable, leading to Damian Priest laying Otis out with a lariat for the pin. Balor's ribs were hurt thanks to the splash, leaving Dominic Mysterio to fill in for the final matchup against the Street Profits. This was the longest match that was... More storytelling than anything, Dawkins and Ford are the most prominent of the other entrants. But Judgment Day are entering their second year of terror on Monday nights and Dominic Mysterio rolls up Ford, putting his feet on the ropes and Rhea Ripley holding them for the pin. Afterwards, the Usos walked out holding up the Raw titles for a stare down to go off the air. Rob, what do you have to say about this tag team tournament match? This was a main event that was probably about 50 minutes it was a long, long match uh
1: really actually was pretty entertaining for as long as it was. usually matches these long this long you can like lose it real quick. I will say I was a little over the roll ups. I believe there were two in this one, not to mention I think maybe three or four total on the whole night of roll up finishes, so that yeah, was a little off putting to me but the, for the first part, uh gallows and Anderson went in there into gallows and Anderson things they they're just glorified jobbers right now that the crowd loves is what they're gonna to be uh so was what it was on that front. And I do love during that match, though, Dominic is sitting near the announcer's table. And there are times that – uh, I think it was Kevin is it Kevin Pritchard. Is that his name? Patrick. Kevin Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he would be saying stuff, and Dominic would turn around, and he's like, I, I did my time, man. Like, <laughs> I did my time. <laughs> it would just be like just saying comments like that all the time, and I just freaking loved it so much. So – uh like to see so officially i would say cedric and Shelton obviously are back together so you know the hurt business eventually down the road is going to be an actual thing with an actual title that was a fun little match actually ended with a coup de gras, a finisher so that was fun and then i don't know if it was just for the match but the crowd loved the alpha academy so i don't know if we're getting a random babyface switch here because the crowd's loving to shush the crowd wanted the caterpillar. We got the caterpillar. So there was a lot of moments in there where I'm like, is this gonna like be the heel like a, the face the face turn that we need because 'Cause they're entertaining enough to where to me it, it works perfectly. So that was a little bit fun. And then I do love the the selling of the ribs and then, you know, we you get out there and Adam Pierce is like, Well, you guys are gonna have to forfeit then they're like, no, 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 we'll have Dominic wrestle on the match, things of like that. So Finn Balor did a really, really good job there of faking that because even after they had the victory He was celebrating, and then he like he had a look on his face that said, "Oh yeah, I need to sell my ribs." Ah, ah, like that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed that a bunch. He's he's been over the top with his heel antics, and I've enjoyed that a lot. Credit to the Street Profits. Credit to Dominic. Mostly credit to Damian Priest through all of this, but the Street Profits went out there, and for a 50 minute match, this crowd was on their feet for that last 10 minutes while the Street Profits were in there, and that is. Credit to Angelo Dawkins doing a lot of great maneuvers there. And then my favorite one is you have Dominic is in the corner. You have Damian Priest who's on the outside of the ring in the corner. He just threw Angelo against like uh, the, the timetable area, timekeeper area. All of a sudden you have uh Ford come running at Dominic in the corner. You think he's going to do a move on Dominic, but no. He does a complete flip over the post onto Damian Priest over the corner. And dude, the crowd erupted on that. That was such a big, big time move. I loved that. Uh, But again, it ended with just a roll-up pin from Dominic, feet on the ropes, Rhea Ripley holding the feet down, and just kind of a meh pin. And then we're going to end the whole thing by complaining again about Adam Pearce. You wanted to say that the Usos had to be off the show. You then say as a punishment, we'll just give him a match, an easy match at that against Ziggler. And then you let the Usos come out again. And then for a third time after, not only do the Usos come out for a face-off to get that photo, they come out with their music as well? So that means that you are allowing a producer to go ahead and play their music knowing that they're going to come out there? Dude, you got to get your show together. Right now, like you are just looking like the worst commissioner known to mankind. So I know we don't do awards or anything like that, but. The LVP for this whole show is Adam Pierce, dude. You get a complete two thumbs down from me for everything you pulled off. Uh, but the main takeaway here is, and this is something, uh, Pat, if we could talk about a little bit, this was specifically for the raw tag team championships, not the unified, not SmackDown, just for the raw ones. And uh one of the things we discussed is as a punishment from Pierce, potentially being a way to split the titles is they have to defend them against RAWs or they're they're essentially is trying to find a way to get the RAW titles back onto RAW and more as a punishment things of that nature so I'm, I'm I just going of want to talk with you on how if we do split the titles how are we going to get there is it going to be this one or uh just kind of just kind of your whole thoughts on that
0: not too sure I don't think the titles are coming off the Usos anytime soon Would be surprised to see them lose the the RAW tag team titles if but to, if anybody that they lose the Raw titles to, I mean, the Judgment Day makes a lot of sense. They've been the more prominent faction on Raw. But I honestly want to say this might be a way just because WWE is going up for sale. This is a way to prove to boost the profits or to boost the worth of both shows, both shows getting titles. And I mean, we could probably even, but this, the more important question is, is a. Uh, what does this spell out for our undisputed champion?
1: That's another big one there. Cause there's been talks about having to split his titles as well. So I'm kind of curious on how they're going to go that route with it. I mean, I hope they split it because I get tired of hearing people have to say WWE undisputed universal champion. <laughs> like every time they talk on the microphone, That that's kind of annoying. So I am, I am genuinely curious if they're going to split them and then how they're going to split them. And I, I know it would be lazy, but if you're going to split it before Mania, almost just, I don't want Roman to take a pin, but it would be so lazy to just say, hey, you have to forfeit that title. Vince booked themselves into a corner with this one, and I know they're trying to find a way to get back out of it, and I'm just, yeah, I don't know where they go with it. So, but overall, this was a fun match uh, in the end here, so it it's mostly just, Working our way through the bloodline storyline because that's just honestly the thing that's taken over all of WWE and getting to the Royal Rumble. So I think that Judgment Day and the Usos is going to be a fun match. I kind of want to see that whole faction go after each other a little bit because I think that would just be a really good storyline in general. You don't want
0: the cha- What is the match happening? Is it happening next week? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't, did don't remember. Did they say? Yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. No don't know if they so, said or not. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the That's Our Program. You can embrace the madness with a like, leave us a comment, and be sure to subscribe. All of our content can be seen on YouTube. Check out our TikTok, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. All links in the description below. Until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And we thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. Good night. Thank you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash of the Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop w. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing cream of the crop wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at cream of the crop wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found nothing means nothing nothing means nothing what do you mean by that or i'm talking about all the way to the top yeah unjustifiably in a position that i'd rather not be in but the cream will rise to the top oh yeah you know that i'm the cream of the crop the cream of the crop nobody does it better oh yeah